Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Sunday. Of course, welcome to Reach Online Church. I am Victoria Baxter, and you are either watching this on your screen or you are tuning into the Reach and Teach podcast available on many different platforms that we kicked off doing um, here for October of 2020. You can learn more about me in this online ministry at www.thejalministry.com. So what we are going to be doing actually is we're starting a new series titled Abundant Living. And this is going to be based off of John 10, 10. You know, of course it says that the enemy is out to steal, kill and destroy, but Christ says, but I have come so that you may have life more abundantly. So we're going to be talking about abundant living for the next probably about four weeks, maybe. We'll see exactly how Holy Spirit moves as far as that's concerned. But um, let me go ahead and say a prayer before we begin, all right? Heavenly Father, Lord God, I want to say thank you for another day that you have allowed us to see. Thank you for another day to be here in your presence, Lord. We praise your holy name. We uh, ask that you forgive us for those sins that we have committed and helping us to repent of the um, the ways and things that we need to turn away from, the things that we know that we have been struggling with, the things that we have been being convicted on when it comes to you, Lord God, and just creating us a clean heart and help us to walk in your ways and to do your will, Lord God. I pray that you would be here with me over the next few moments as I deliver this message. I pray that you would continue to give me um, the words to speak. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just flood this atmosphere and just completely have your way, Lord God. We love you. We need you. We thank you. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So listen, I hate to admit this, all right, but at my old house, um, it seems like my yard would stick out a little bit like a sore thumb. Um, of course, you know, me being a single mom, and I'm not really using that as an excuse, but, you know, my son was a little bit younger and I wasn't really, you know, big on knowing exactly how to make him be a man and, you know, and do certain stuff. And of course, I didn't even have my own lawnmower. Um, you know, of course, sometimes financially things were a little bit rough. So it depended on when I actually had the money to be able to, um, you know, pay to have someone come and service, you know, our lawn. So it's like a lot of the houses around, they would keep their yards like freshly manicured. And I really felt a little bit bad to be completely honest. I think especially since it was a little bit of older, you know, older folks, maybe those who are retired, you know, and those who just, and I don't want to just say like, it's an older thing, but I mean, you, you should care about how your yard looks. So more people were more inclined to really tend to their yard. And then of course, here it goes like, me, I'm like by myself and I, you know, I don't have a man. I don't, you know, I couldn't always afford the consistent yard care, but it was like, I remember there were every so often, I really tried to, you know, do a little bit better. I wasn't that kind of neighbor, but there were those rare occasions where it was like grass was growing everywhere. It was like literally an abundance that you would end up seeing when it comes to grass. And now, obviously in the case of thinking about a lawn, thinking about grass, that's not a good thing, right? You don't want your yard to be the one that's sticking out like a sore thumb. You don't want it to be where grass is everywhere and there's just tall weeds and things like that. That's not a good thing, okay? Like once I literally even got a warning from code enforcement, like, hey, you need to cut this and you have until a certain amount of time. Like they actually went around measuring. But I remember even then, it's like, that's when I kind of um, even got like, a, kind of hearing God speaking a little bit, like as far as this message, like, you know, those of you who are in ministry or, you know, just even um, 
hearing from God and, you know, prophets and teachers, like we'll end up getting messages from the craziest things. And I found that something like this was actually tucked away. So I knew I was going to be speaking on this at some point because it's like what I literally ended up hearing in that moment, um, it had me thinking about overgrowth. And it just had me thinking about signs of the abundance where it's like, hey, look at everyone else. They don't have as much as you do. Their yards are not the are sticking out the way that yours are their grass is not as high as they don't have as much as you do which of course it's interesting because when you think about it from the standpoint of weeds and it's like it's not a good thing okay that means they've been taking care of business and i'm not but of course for me it's like it's a little bit hard because things are a little bit rough for me so it's like even though i was standing out it's like it wasn't really a good thing but it's like i can hear that something was speaking to me about signs of the abundance even when everyone else around you yeah might seems like seem like they're in the good position you know theirs is maintained and you're the one who's standing out at the same time like there is a reason for that go with me to second chronicles 29 second chronicles 29 and i'm going to go to verses 35 through 36 and it says there was an abundance of burnt offerings along with the usual liquid offerings and a great deal of fat from the many peace offerings so the temple of the lord was restored to service and hezekiah and all the people rejoiced because of what god had done for the people for everything had been accomplished so quickly <clears throat> here in second chronicles 29 this is looking at the temple rededication all right and i like that verse 35 speaks of there was an abundance of burnt offerings and when we think about burnt offerings and what that actually meant you know um in the old testament burnt offerings signified propitiation for sin um, but also complete surrender devotion and dedication and commitment to god that's what those burnt offerings represented surrender devotion and commitment to god it was like thanksgiving <clears throat> excuse me in a sense for god's continual continued blessing it was that offering of perfection so when you you know read the bible and looking at the old testament you see that the levites did this a lot they were always offering up burnt offerings and it's why the temple of the lord was restored to service and again right here in the same passage verse 36 it says everything happened quickly can I tell you in this message titled the green grass grows that the grass grows where you water it. All right. The grass grows wherever you water it. We all want abundance. We want more. We want things to happen quickly. We want increase. We have all of these different things that we want to actually see take place and happen. And even in the Bible study series that I did in Reach, what, maybe two months ago, I think it was titled More, but we want to see things happen. It's like we need more of this and we need more of that. And how do I get more? And some, you know, it's not always finances. I've talked about that before, but sometimes just wanting more and we want things to happen expeditiously. All right. Everyone already knows, of course, if you've been following me, whether it's through this ministry, through the Saved and Single ministry, of course, my coaching business, you know, just in general on social media, I love providing hope. 
I love providing people with faith. I love providing people with encouragement. I love doing all of those things because I know what it's like to be in a situation again, where you don't even have money to really to like to get your grass cut. I know what it's like when you can't afford certain things or when you're just not in a place of peace, maybe financially you're good, but there's no peace. You're in turmoil. There's depression anxiety. You have things going on, whether it's in a relationship or friendship, children, business, job, health, all of those things. So I love providing just a little encouragement. That's what the JAL ministry is all about. But I can tell you that at the end of the day, I can't get the blessing for you. I can't make it happen for you. I can't force God to bless you. I can't force you to see his hand in any situation. I can't do any of those things. The only thing that I can do that I love doing and I love like I really enjoy doing it is sharing with you the word, the word of God and planting those seeds in hopes that the seeds that I plant will be planted in some way. But of course, it's up to you to water and it's up to you to fertilize. You know, it's like perhaps the key to abundance can be found in Luke 638. Let me go there for a quick second. Luke 638. 38. Let me make sure I have that scripture correctly. I do. And this is Jesus saying, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount that you give will determine the amount that you get back. In certain translations, it says the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Like I love looking at that scripture in many different translations, to be honest. I know some, like one says, uh, given it will be given unto you for a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for which the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. So it's like, it's saying here, hey, give and it's gonna be given to you. The measure that you use in giving, it's going to be you know used in the measure that you will end up receiving back. Like you need to give, you need to water, you need to nurture. And only then can you experience an overgrowth of your grass, okay? Only then can you experience the overgrowth of your seeds or whatever it is that ends up, you know, being planted, whatever it is that you're um, hoping to receive. Only then will you be able to truly experience that abundant living that we are called to experience, that he came for us to experience. I don't even want to say called, but he came for us to experience it, but it's up to us. So you need to water. And I really think this is going to be a quick message, but I want to give you three ways in which you can water in order to experience the abundant living. Okay. Three ways in which you can water. Number one, you water those seeds and everything else. And you, the things that have been planted, you water by surrendering, you water by surrendering. I know it's 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 oftentimes that we want to experience these things and we want this and we want that and I want the overgrowth and we want the abundance and we have all of these things that we're desiring. But at the end of the day, God is a God of order and you have to surrender first and foremost. Galatians 2.20 and it says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It says my old self has been crucified. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives within me. And when you have Christ living within me, 
That means that you have died to self. That means you are no longer moving out of uh, fleshly ambition and, and fleshly gain. You're not doing things, you know, by your own power, by your own might, uh, for your own selfish reasons, for your own selfish motives. It's saying, hey, like I am now living for Christ. I always talk about Matthew 6, you know, of course, seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, and you will receive all that you need. Like you have to say, hey, I am seeking God first with this desire, with 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 this giving, with this way of living, like I'm seeking him first before I make a move. How does this point back to God? That is a sign of surrender. That is a sign of dying to self when you are saying, I am putting God first. That's just going to be that. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, and I'm going to read actually um, verses 1 through 11. <laughs> And it says, oops, after I just flung my Bible all over the place. And it says, so then since Christ suffered a physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the spirit. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then. Everything you do will bring glory to God through Christ Jesus. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Listen, <laughs> oh, I love that passage so much. You know, this passage here, 1 Peter 4, 1 through 11, this is all about living for God. That's how you surrender. It's like there's so much meat in there. And I would dare you to just go back and read it a couple of times over and over and over again. But it's really showing you how to surrender, how to die to self, how to live for God, saying, hey, don't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires. You've done enough evil. Your former friends, yeah, they're going to be shocked because you're not doing certain things anymore. But remember, they're going to have to face God. So saying, hey, the end of the world is coming. Be earnest and be disciplined in your prayers. Show love for everyone. Give to those who are in need. God has given you a spiritual gift. Use it and use it well. And only then will you be able to bring glory to God through Christ Jesus. Like it is so much there. So you can't start off doing anything until you surrender. 
you can try planting seeds, but if it's for selfish reason or gain or, you know, ambition, it's not going to matter. You can't receive anything without living righteously and you, you're not going to be able to live righteously if you're not first seeking God. Like it starts with seeking him first. It starts with surrendering to him. For, like it all starts with God at the end of the day. You know, in the podcast last week, I believe that was uh, evolving by learning. And, you know, I mentioned a couple of different, um, you know, some of the classes that I've taught before. And of course, if you're already on the website, then, or, you know, if you've already subscribed to the ministry and you, you know, are one of those who frequent the website, then you know that I created that solid booster um, bundle. You know, it's one of those things that I have that it takes the reading the word class it takes the spiritual evolution class and it takes also the three week class on Matthew 633. And I've put all of those things in what I call the solid booster, because at the end of the day, you know, that call to spiritual growth where Hebrews five is saying like, Hey, at this point, you should not still be on milk. You should be on solids at this point. And a lot of us were, we were, we've kind of surrendered. We've kind of entered into, so we're fully entered into salvation, but we've kind of stopped and we still haven't surrendered. We don't know how to read the Bible. We don't know how to evolve spiritually. We don't understand that true concept behind Matthew 6, 33. So I took all three of those things and put it in the ultimate bundle there on the website that you can enroll in. And I even threw in the Holy Bible study guide for those who are just like, yeah, I struggle when it comes to reading the Bible. I don't know which translation. I don't know where to start. I don't know who's speaking in each. I thought God wrote the Bible. Who's the author? What's the time frame audience? Like what's going on? Like you get all of those things in that in order to really help you. So if you're struggling when it comes to, you know, I've talked about there's salvation, and of course there's purification and justification and sanctification, and you're struggling with those things or with reading the Bible, then that's something you really might want to look into getting because it's going to help you. All right. But either way, let's go back. So when it comes to how to water one, you water by surrendering first. First, you have to die to self completely. Once you do that, then you water number two by devoting. You water by devoting. So number two is devote. Look at Luke 16, 13. Luke 16, 13. <clears throat> and it says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Many people hear abundance, and again, they think of money, which is why we're doing this series on abundant living, not financing, not just finances, like abundant living in general. But again, going back to Luke 638, you know, again, give from the area that you need to be blessed in, just like the widow with the oil, like don't be stingy, like it's he was saying like, hey, what all do you have? She's like, I have nothing like except these jars of oil. Pour from that. Give and allow it to come back to you. So you make sure that you're not serving two masters. It says you will be devoted to one and despise another. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Make sure that you are living in full devotion to God. Also go with me to James 1, 22 through 27. But don't just listen to God's word. 
you must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. It's interesting because, you know, it's like Jesus talks so much about helping those who are in need, looking out for widows, looking out for orphans, looking out for children, sinners. Like that's what we saw like time and time again that Jesus would do, right? Like, and that's what he also told us to do. And of course we have the 10 commandments in the old Testament, but when the religious leaders were trying to trip Jesus up and they were asking him like, Hey, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. That is the first and greatest commandment. But the the second one is equally as important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So he's saying, hey, first and foremost, like love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. And it doesn't say next. It just says the second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. We see the story of the great Samaritan. You know, the good Samaritan, we see the stories of Jesus, you know, kneeling before the adulterous woman. And, you know, of course, then we have the Samaritan woman at the well. We have, of course, the faith of the Canaanite woman, like all of these things where it's like Jesus completely went against law and rules and things like that to look out for others, to bless sinners and all of these different things. And it's like, that's a part of like when you first surrender and you die to self and it's like, I can't help that. No, I can never. No, I'm not doing it. When you say, hey, I'm going to live for Christ, and then it's realizing like who Christ is and what he represents and what he embodies again, looking at the study that we just did on Wednesday, when it talked about, you know, we evolve by learning, like learning all about Christ and all about his ways, because when you learn him and when you spend time with him, it makes you devoted to him and it makes you actually start to live, you know, his ways in a certain way. And it's like, Everything about you changes. Again, going back to Matthew 6, 33, you start to live righteously. Yeah, God already called us righteous. He already says like we are righteous. You know, we are holy. We are redeemed. He's called us those things. But it's one thing to have the label, but it's another thing to actually live it out. It's one thing to be labeled. It's another thing to live it out. So you have to live righteously as that verse also tells us. And then number three, when it comes to how to water, you surrender, you devote. Number three, you commit. You commit. Go with me to Psalm 37, 5. Psalm 37, 5. I hope y'all are enjoying this. I just love when God gives me these words. I can never take credit for anything. I'm like, God, you are just so amazing. The way that he would just kind of give me like, I have notes everywhere where it can be like maybe just three lines of something, like something that just comes to mind again, like this whole green grass grows. Like that was the only thing he gave me was my yard abundance is not always a bad thing. And I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? And it's like, sometimes I'll just, I'll find a note and it's like, okay, it's time to speak on that. Okay, how do I turn this into a message? 
And just sometimes I'll just start working on my notes and then he'll just start dropping scriptures and somehow it all just ties together some type of way. I don't know. God is amazing. Okay. <laughs> Psalm 37, five, it says, commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he will help you. It's really just that simple. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Then it says, trust him and he will help you. Proverbs 16, three, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. It says if you commit to him, he will help you and your plans will succeed. I want to say in the Bible uh, Bible study on Wednesday, I also talked about Joshua 1.8, if I'm not mistaken, you know, where it says like study this book, meditate on it, obey him. Then you will be successful. Like I really feel we overcomplicate some things. Like there's so many things, like it's really just that simple where it's like seeking God living righteously, delighting in him, receiving your heart's desires, studying the word, which means reading, meditating on it. When you see something that means obeying it, then you're going to be successful. You got a plan. You have an idea. Commit your plans to the Lord. Then you'll succeed. Commit your way of living to God. Then you will be prosperous. Like things are really very, 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 very simple when it comes like at the end of the day. So if you want abundance, you need to water a lot of the things that are planted. You need to be sure to water your own lawn, water and take care of your own grass. All right. Don't look at everybody else's grass around you, because sometimes we'll start to focus and it's like, man, like. Everybody else is doing well and I'm not Look at my grass. I went through that for a period of time. Look at my grass. But here's one thing that I also knew, because, of course, I have not lived in that house in over a year now. And uh, what God was also showing me was um, stop looking all around you, fix your focus and look ahead. I got you. That house I've spoken before about that house being a semi security blanket for me. That's something that would I'm probably going to end up putting in a book one day as far as a testimony. Um but it was so much, of course, that just took place and whatever else. And I knew God was showing me, hey, it's time to shift. His hand of grace was on me for a very long time in that house. And I was getting comfortable and I was afraid to move. I was afraid to grow. And he was showing me like, hey, it's time to shift. You've planted many, many things in this house. But guess what? You're not going to experience the harvest here. So it's interesting where I found myself at one point looking all around me and says like everybody's doing better than me. And God is like, because you're not supposed to be here at the end of the day. And it's like me getting out is when things started happening. Me getting out is when doors started opening. So yeah, you can plant one place, but it doesn't mean that you're going to receive in that same place. First Corinthians 3, 7. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. You water the seed that is planted, but it is God who causes the growth. It takes you surrendering and devoting and committing, though. That's the thing. You water, God causes it to grow, but you have to surrender, devote, and commit in order to see anything take place in order to see anything transpire in order to see anything actually sprout forth look at john 3:30 says he must become greater and greater and i must become less and less 
He must become greater. I must become less. It has nothing to do with us. Not by our power, not by our spirit, not by our might, not by spirit. It is nothing but the power and the spirit of God that causes things to happen. And of course, a lot of time when I do reach, when I do Wisdom Wednesday, when I do Bible studies, a lot of times, like even through my saved and single ministry, like a lot of times where I'm starting something off with prayer and people, oftentimes I'm sure you will hear me, you know, to some degree in my prayer, I'm like, Lord, decrease me and increase you in this moment. And sometimes I get excited because I have these notes and I'm just like, oh man, like this is a, you know, a good word that God has given me. And this is awesome. I'm, just, I'm very excited about it. But at the same, I'm like, Lord, decrease me and increase you. This is all about you, your glory. This has nothing to do with me. I'm nobody. If you want to experience abundance, you have to do your part. As I always say, the presence of God is guaranteed, but the promises are conditional. The promises are based on you. Every scripture has a prerequisite. Every promise has a prerequisite. I want you to take this message and let it inspire you again. Yeah, me with my grasp. For some of us, it's always something about us. It didn't turn out the way it did for others. Or their story was a little bit different. They were able to maintain a little bit better. You know, they, they talked and it was just nothing but blessings and victory and ease. And maybe your experience was bad. And it just seems like for a while, things were just going crazy. It's because you were marked from the beginning. God had a plan for you from the beginning. You were set aside to be extraordinary. It wasn't supposed to be easy for you like it was easy for everyone else. But what you have to understand in these moments is that God is trying to grow you up. That's all. He's trying to get you to understand that the green grass grows where you water it. And when you surrender to God and his ways, and when you devote yourself to him, and when you commit to his ways, that is when, that is the only time you are going to experience the supernatural growth and the abundant living of God. That is my word for you on today. Um, and Heavenly Father, I just pray that you touch your children, be there with them, show them ways that they can really take this message and do something mighty and amazing. Lord, cover them. You know what each person needs. And I just pray that they would do the work as you continue to speak and impart things in them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Listen, God bless. Learn more again at the ministry, www.thejalministry.com. Have a fantastic Sunday.